Welcome to Season 2 of In the Vine Dating Podcast with host Melissa Chavez, joined by Yesenia, Denise, and Shekinah. This season, we'll be discussing different topics such as premarital intercourse, soul ties, and the importance of servanthood. And of course, discussing your upcoming dating mixers and events. For more information, you can visit our website at www.inthevinedating.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to show your support and like, share, and subscribe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to In The Vine Dating. It is your host, Melissa Chavez. And here with me, I have... Yesi and Shekinah. (laughs) And today, unfortunately, we don't have Denise here with us. Um, As we shared in our last intro for last week's episode... Um, unfortunately, we had a passing in our church family, which is actually part of her actual family. And so um, her and her family are obviously taking the time to process that and to grieve through that. And so prayers, um, encouragement, all of that is definitely appreciated. However, last minute, we decided to have, you guys have heard about him. We've given him a lot of, um, I think, just credit when he says, you girls overthink too much. <laughs> um, so we have our producer slash director, Ramsey. Hello, hello. I'm in the behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm behind the scenes. He's be- so he's multitasking. Not yeah. only is he producing and, dir- well, not so much directing us, but kind of just, you know, helping like, helping us out. He's um, he's also part of the podcast. So thanks, Ramsey. Yeah, bear with me, okay? I'm going to try to pay attention and, and do the switches at the same time. <laughs> Yeah. Switches sounds like a rap song. Yeah. I actually have that in my playlist. Or like he has a lowrider or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so um, the we kind of just wanted to start off um, again, you know, in in theme with keeping Nancy's memory alive. She's a she's almost gonna sound so Christianese right now and say she's the sister that passed away, um, but she was more than that. She was a friend. She was a confidant. She was. Um, an inspiration to a lot of people that came across her way. And so, um, do you guys have any favorite memories that you have of her? You better not steal mine, Yessie. Wow. <laughs> I'll start with Shekinah. Oh my gosh, so many. Um, I just love that. I mean, we all know that Dan- Nancy loved to dance. Yes. I think that was just, she was the life of every single party. Yeah. Um, even like Bible studies, <laughs> yeah. it didn't have to be, you know, a dance. Uh, it had, it could be anything. She walked into the room and everyone just got excited and she was loud. We knew it. We, we knew, knew it was about to pop Nancy off. was here. Yeah. And so the music started and it, she just, it, she was the person that cleared the dance floor. Yeah. Like the moment, especially certain songs, we were just like, yeah. Nancy, get it. You know, Everybody was dancing, but we were like our eye to the side. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, I, I love that about Nancy. And um, also <laughs> my dad mentioned at her memorial service about the ear pulling oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> she yeah. always pulled the ears and so like I have really sensitive ears so I always walk around like this yeah. <laughs> like, I just walk up to her and she would get so mad and she'd pull my arms down and pull my ears <laughs> yeah it was a thing and so sweet what about you I would say there's yes-y. there's so many <laughs> who else who else I just <laughs> felt like Kevin Malone when it's delayed high yeah <laughs> Yes, yeah. No, you're good. Um, th- I would say there's so many memories, but honestly, I would say collectively when you hugged her, mm. when you heard her laugh, like I, I literally could still hear her laugh, um, just walking in the doors, you know, like you guys said. But not only that, just 
the time that she actually took just to to keep up with you like mm -hmm. how's it going how's your life going and then um I know my husband and I we would always like ask her like how she's doing and she's just like I'm living life you know she's yeah. traveling she's going all around the world and that's something that that I really got from Nancy is like she really she really and she said this like she woke up every single day and lived it to the fullest and she really did she traveled yeah. the world like she had the best recommendations anywhere I went so anywhere <laughs> I knew that I was going I'm like I'm gonna go just first person Nancy <laughs> and um, I would get the hotel I would get the recommendations the food the places all of that um, so I just love that about her and then on top of it she was so like they said intentional like mm -hmm. that's something that I'm gonna definitely grab for her because she actually gave me inspo for my own daughter uh, she would uh, give me advice she said um, here's the best photographer like just make these moments and she said that those are things that she looked at for Mila and she really loved for her children and so those are things that Andre and I grabbed on early on to make the best and celebrate our daughter with whatever we have to the fullest and yeah. she did that every single place she went yeah. You know, so I think I think Nancy, I'm gonna hold on to that, and that's gonna be my memory that I'm gonna make sure it lives on. Yes, yeah, Nancy was the best. Uh, my favorite memory of her was obviously, you know, that um, once we went on a all the sing all, all the singles thing <laughs> that's engraved in my brain, but all the women from our church, most of us, we went to this um, conference down where was Palm it? Springs. Palm Springs. And um, it was my birthday. It just so happened to land on my birthday. And so, <laughs> of course, I was like, oh, it's my birthday, you know. And Nancy was like, she just took over my birthday. She was like, it's my birthday. It's my birthday. And so you guys just kept like, um, it was just a joke. It was a running joke. And you were like doing her makeup. like Because everyone was in our <laughs> hotel room. Everybody was just going along with it. I was like, Nancy. But that's like a, so that's a memory that like I think I shared with a lot of people, right? Because we were all there together. But yeah. um, there was a time actually where Nancy and I were getting close. And um, this is actually like more of a dear and closer memory that I have where I went and I met up with her, I think it was in Valencia. And as the Nancy that she is, she knows the coolest spots, right? Yeah. And so she took me to this cute little like place and, um, oh no, actually because I love pancakes. This That was a different time. This time she invited me over to her house. She made her famous pancakes and then we went to go get our nails done. And it was just like the, like it was just chill. It was just a day, you know? And um, so, yeah, that's actually my favorite part with her. Um, and we got to meet up with one of her friends. So it was just like, it was really cute when you get to see people's like, who, like their natural process of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was pretty sweet. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. So Nancy, we, we miss her. We obviously, um, as we keep saying, and as we continue to grow through this uh, grieving process, what I love mm -hmm. is like a lot of us have just the joy, right, that she released. And so we're so grateful for that. So now, it's kind of weird to say, like, okay, moving on, you know. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about Pastor Abraham's interview. So Pastor Abraham, um, we just had his interview released on Monday, and um, he is such a father figure, a friend, mm -hmm. a brother, um, a confidant, right? He's like all these things, and um, he just, he, like he said in his interview, he just makes himself available to everybody, right? And so what did you ladies think of his interview? My favorite, favorite, favorite part was just the story of how he met his wife. I know. I was like, you need to say it. Yeah, and to. I know they've said it before, yeah. but just like he's, he, he seems so giddy, just saying yeah. it all over again. And, and the fact that he had the confidence just to go out there yeah. and like 
talk to her like car to car, you yeah. know. And then Pastor Adriana, oh my god, <laughs> with the with the list, I can't. Remember. And then she's like, she wrote him on the cardboard at yeah. the very back. That's so funny. Yeah, and I and then I told my husband because we were watching it at the same time. I'm like, she put it. He, he put it on the cardboard because that's solid. Yeah, like, oh. it's not gonna go anywhere, right? Yeah. The paper, that was the, the papers, foundation. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> but it was really funny when she answered the phone and she's like how dare you yeah do you know how many <laughs> that's gangster that's so because she's so confident but mm-hmm. like and she still is she was and still is extremely gorgeous mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and she knew it mm-hmm. you know and um the fact that he had the guts to go up to her and talk to her and and he's like i'm not, i'm the only one that had trouble with that in my mm. friends yeah like just imagine if he didn't have the confidence to go do that he never did that like oh where gosh, would he be yeah. at right now yes Take a note. Where would any of us be at? Yeah, that's true. Crazy. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that's a that's definitely inspirational for the shy guys out there, right? Definitely make the move. You never know. You never know. Um, what did, what was your favorite part, Shakay? Oh my gosh. Well, first let me let me break down. So it's funny because Pastor Abraham and Adriana started coming to the church when I was, I had I, I don't know I was I was small. How old is Annabelle? Well, like in Annabelle? <laughs> Annabelle's almost 18. Yeah, she's 17. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was little. I was, they, Annabelle was barely being born. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think she was pregnant with Annabelle. Oh, wow. So um, it's kind of interesting because um, when they started coming to the church, like they weren't really in the faith yet. And so to, I grew up with them. They were growing up in their faith and they were watching me grow up. Mm. <laughs> you know? So it's kind of. It's have, so cool. It's an interesting um I feel very much like they're my siblings in a weird, like they're, they're yeah. my older brother and sister is what I feel like in a lot of ways. And so um, what I love about them is um, they're just so genuine and they're so servant hearted. And I love that story too. And it was just another reminder, same thing. I thought like, see, that's perfect. A reminder for all yeah. the guys who are shy. Mm-hmm. And um, he was, they were our premarital counselors. And so I have a lot to share even on that regard. And um, just, I don't know, I was, I was watching it and it actually... It was so emotional for me to watch, so emotional. And I was um, at my parents' house, and I was like, oh, I got to watch this before, you know, we do our recording and talk about it. And as I'm watching it, I'm just crying. Mm-hmm. And I have my headphones on, so I'm like, I'm tuning my parents out, and they're just on the couch watching a movie and, like, just looking over at me. And I'm just like, <laughs> you guys are on the same couch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, us, like yeah, closer than yeah, the three of yeah. us right We have a tiny little couch, and I'm just, like, sitting in the corner, like, <laughs> And then when it was done, I threw off the headphones and I was like, I just had to power through it. My mom was like, what's wrong? And I was just like, Abraham's interview. <laughs> I know when you texted us, I was like, what it meant? So, <laughs> I, like, I was there it was, like. It was good tears. It was good okay, tears. Okay. <laughs> I was there. I was like, I was there. I didn't have that same reaction. But it makes sense as to like your experience with, um, you know, the background experience and yeah. all that stuff. So, um, yeah, my favorite, just having that interview with Abraham, I think was so cool. Um you know, he was just to have him having his notes and stuff. I'm like yeah. so on brand with yes. Pastor Abraham. And, and, you know, the fact that he brought statistics that he brought. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's funny because Pastor Abraham is very like meek, right? M-E-E-K. But at the same time, he's very like stern. Yeah. So that's, so like there were some of the things that he said that I was like, oh, like I did not expect that answer. Like even me, I'm a little convicted at this moment, you know? And so um, those were my favorite parts just to hear what, um, because, you know, people, they have a lot to say, but when they choose what's the most important thing to say and what to present in that moment, I think it was cool because you see where his heart's at, like the number thing, number one, number two things that he kept focusing on where 
the fear of the Lord mm -hmm. and honoring his wife, right? Yeah. And so you can't do one without the other. So yeah. I thought that that was like pretty profound. Did, um, it, did it surprise you when he said, uh, his answer was like, then you're not ready? Yeah. Because <laughs> you were like, <laughs> I was like, oh, pastor. <laughs> cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. Uh, I'm just kidding. It reminds me of... Uh, mm, it just reminds me of the story with Jesus with Nicodemus where he's like, how can anybody be born again? And Jesus was like, are you serious? You don't understand yet. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, okay, so again, as I mentioned, Pastor Abraham did talk a lot about the fear of the Lord. And so for maybe some of us that are not uh, seasoned, right? Seasoned Christians, you don't really know what the fear of the Lord means. And so I wanted to um, have the opportunity to explain that to our listeners so I'm going to ask Shakay, Shakay, what in the most simplest terms, how would you describe the fear of the Lord? I'm not sure I have to preach. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you are a preacher's daughter. Yeah, I inherited that. Um, the fear of the Lord in the simplest terms, I really do think it's, it's, it's a healthy respect. It's an understanding of who God is. When you read scripture, when you read the word of God, you see that he's described as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yes. If you were to see a lion, you'd be afraid of that thing, right? Uh, there's a healthy respect for what it can do and mm. what it's capable of doing. And so when you recognize that God is the Lion of Judah, you have that healthy respect. Um, in another way, um, we, we talk a lot about God and his bride. You know, God is jealous for his bride. And the king of the universe is, uh, you know, takes so much, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just care of and recognition of his bride. Mm -hmm. And he's a jealous God. Um, you better be afraid of that. Yeah. You better be afraid of messing with his bride, with his people. And um, his people better be afraid of him staying, you know, so they stay in line. And, and it's not to um, manipulate or take away your fun or take away your joy. It's to give you that joy. Yeah. And, um, even Abraham said something along that line, and it was, oh, not to be a killjoy. Yes, there you go. But to um, not so that your joy is killed. Oh, my gosh. I don't I, remember the exact Oh, it was phrasing. so good, though. Yeah. But it was great phrasing. And it was, God doesn't want to be a killjoy, but he doesn't want your joy to be killed. There you go, yeah. That was uh, along the lines of what he said. And so I was like, that was so good. And I think that's where the, the, the fear of the Lord comes in, is if you want to experience true joy yeah. and true life and true freedom, mm -hmm. you have to understand who God is, what he's capable of, and the fact that he still loves you despite those capabilities is just... yeah. It's a beautiful thing, really. Yeah, it, it really is. I think even A-Rob talked about it today uh, during the service about Christianity and fun and all that good stuff, which is a different side of it, yeah. right? But nonetheless, like, it still correlates because the fear of the Lord does bring a behavior change. Yeah, right? absolutely. And um, that's a whole topic in itself. Yeah. I'm disciplining myself. H yeah, hence why I was just like... <laughs> yeah, because I, I was about to go off, sis. Yeah. <laughs> um, you and me both. <laughs> Okay, so That's good. yeah, and then I would just add, just um, of course, you you said like knowing the scripture and everything, um, but really keeping his commandments, those mm -hmm. are like the basic principles yeah. and the foundation to, for you know people who are new to Christ yeah. to follow, because we've heard we heard them, we hear them, um, some people even have them on their walls, <laughs> yeah, but do we actually keep them and follow them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, which is really just really simple. It's yeah. just ten. Ten Commandments. And I mean, I'm already doing like two of them, not killing anybody. <laughs> um, Just two. <laughs> wait, that's one. <laughs> oh, shoot. 
pray for your single friend. <laughs> one tenth. I'd rather have one tenth of a dollar than nothing at all. <laughs> anyway, moving on, I digress. So one of the things that I really wanted to draw out um, more than anything, besides the fear of the Lord, from Pastor Abraham's interview was the five points that he made about servanthood. And I think he just broke it down so simplistic mm -hmm. that I'm like, okay, it deserves to be highlighted for sure. So um, the first point that he made was make yourself available to serve. And so what he taught about this is just, you know, um, being there in the moment, being present. And I know for me as a single woman, a lot of the opportunities that have come to me have just been because I've been in the room. Like, um, I, and that's what trips me out because a lot of the people, like even in the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it's people that just made themselves available to God. And so he talked about it in the terms of marriage, right? And so obviously we're, we do speak a lot to married, to married people. We have married people on the podcast. But I think as um, single people, when we hear that, I think, you know, as we talked about in one of our in one of our episodes how Paul even said like um, it's better to remain single, right? But I mean, at, context, me <laughs> context, Because <laughs> also in Genesis, <laughs> God told um, what's his name again? God told Adam, <laughs> it's not good for men to be alone. So take it take it in context, people. Anyway, um, when we're single, we have the um, unique ability to serve in deeper and more um, fluid ways. And so as single people, you know, like just making ourselves available, I think it definitely um, opens up doors and it prepares us for the right relationships that are to come. So what do you ladies think? Um, what do you think in your marriage? How do you see that work out? Make yourself available. Well, making yourself available is huge, especially at least in our in our dynamic, we have a child now, so um, <laughs> making yourself available for the other spouse is, is a challenge mm -hmm. because you have a, a child who I, I breastfeed, so she relies a lot on me for nutrition and food, you know, <laughs> um, to live. And um, so my husband and I have to be purposeful and intentful. But not only that, like right now he's with her, right? Mm -hmm. And he's making himself available. Like he's hanging out with her and he's having fun. And I, I love that and I appreciate mm -hmm. that because he's not a person to say like, well, I need to be at the gym at this time, mm -hmm. you know? And he's 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 able to understand, like, my wife needs this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make myself available to be there to help her and her needs so she can achieve what she needs to do. Yeah. And and, and, and that's part of serving, you know? And that's what you used to do. Um, I wanted to ask you, actually, do you have some examples mm. as a single person of how you were able to serve others? No. <laughs> no. Because I was thinking about I'm it. You kidding. have a lot of them. I'm just kidding. Like you have like you have come like through so many different I'm, opportunities, you know? Honestly, no, yeah, I have. Um, my mind is drawing like such a blank right now. But one thing that I can think of is for it's not the best one, but it's one of my favorite ones, I think. For so we have this lady in our church, and I hate to use the word lady, but her name is Blanca. And so Blanca does like these couple retreats. Do you remember? And so for her couple retreats, she would, um, it's couple retreats, like it's close to couples, like married couples mo mo more than anything. And so one, I'm Salvadorian, so I'm a teacher. Like, I just want to be all up in the mix. And so and I was like, hey, Blanca, like, <laughs> do you need somebody to help you? Like, I'll help serve. Like, I'll be there. I'll do whatever you need me to do. And she was like, yeah. So I was in there and I got to hear so much tea. <laughs> like our married couples at church, they're so fun. They're yeah. they're outrageous to mm -hmm. say the least. And um, that's one of my favorite memories. And I can't think of anything. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. 
I know I kind of put you on the spot, yeah, but you did. I really, I really wanted you to share only because it's really true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, especially when you, you're single and everything, but you really have put yourself in situations and it's like, how did I get in here? And yeah. then you're like, you're able to execute it and it's amazing. And then you were able to fill in a need that was really needed mm-hmm. and like no one else was able to fill it. So I think yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. And honestly, um, so one of the things too that I want to bring in as part, cause one of the things that, um. I think as single people, we can also get like really rigid in our schedule as well, where it's like, you know, well, I haven't had to depend on anybody for so long. Like, mm-hmm. True. Um, I, I can do things for myself or even uh, she's like, I can get into this whole bottle of wax where I can just bring in different like dynamics. But as a single person, like we get into our element and we either we even start getting like really dependent on without knowing. Right. Because we build relationships in that way. So it's normal. But we start getting really dependent on relationships around us. And so when you begin to date, it gets really difficult to break through that barrier because other people are depending on you because they, they they identify you as a single person, like you have the availability. And so now you're not giving yourself availability to be there for the person that you're dating. And so that is... Um, you should not do that. (laughs) You should not do that. That's really terrible. Um, And it's really difficult even to see, right? Um, I remember, Shekinah, you're one of the people that taught me, like, um, when you were when you were going through your courting process and your dating process, you were so good at making yourself available and making sure that, uh, as far as I remember, and just making sure that whenever the opportunity presented itself, that you were there and that you showed up and that you were the person that you needed to be for um, that person at that time. And so now with, with Pilin, like that's something that she's definitely teaching me. And it's hard. It's hard because it's like, as a, again, like as a single person, like, you know, you pride yourself in these things that you've been able to accomplish. And so to allow somebody into that place, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's extremely terrifying because now like the thing that you're proud of can at any moment be dismantled. And that brings in the vulnerability, right? That brings in the vulnerability, that brings in the... Um, allowing somebody to take up space in your life. And so that's that's hard. And so for my single people, like, we can't be too rigid. Even even in our availability, we got to make sure that we redirect that when we begin dating. I don't know. Does that make sense that's, to you? That's, yeah. I think, perfect advice for a lot of people. Okay, good. Absolutely. Ramses. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. And by the way, his name, can I say your actual name? Yeah. Okay, his name is Ramon. Yeah. But on Insta, he, he's Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, but to me, he's Ramses. Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> all the above. Mr. All Director. Above. Yeah, Mr. Director. He's all things. Yeah. Uh, and we all spell it different, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> we all spell it A lot of people do. And so I'm like, I just spell it the way that you said it to me. So okay. I'm like, I just do that. Um, okay. But anyway. <laughs> Ramsey, how have you, what, what advice can you give to, for, for single men and women to make themselves available to a, either a boyfriend, girlfriend, or job, whatever the case may be, or spouse? Um, if you ask me, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I will agree that you have to make yourself available. Is show the person you're interested. Yeah. If you're dating someone, you know, like courting and all that, um, show it. You got to show yeah. it. Don't, because it's, I, I've been in a situation where it's like when I used to be, you know, when I was younger and I dated when the lack of interest that's shown. Yeah. And it sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks when when, it's, when that shows and yeah. you start thinking like 
does this person even like me yeah. or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, and, and you feel like you're the one that's that's um, like clingy, yeah, or or the one reaching out a little bit too much or sounding desperate, yeah. So that starts to happen, yeah. yeah. And when you, but that doesn't happen when you show that you're available yeah. and you're and you're putting that effort to be available for your special someone, yeah. whoever it may be. That's really good. Yeah. That's true. And it's, it's, I think for guys, it's so much different because as girls, like, since we're the, we're the ones that are supposed to be pursued, like, it's easy for us to put up those fronts, like, right away, yeah. right? Like, because, like, oh, you know, playing hard again. Yeah. Well, that just reminds me, that's something my dad taught me mm. since I was a teenager was um, you can't expect, like, when you, we might have actually already talked about something like this on the podcast. I'm not sure. You did about um, eye contact, I think. Eye contact, making yourself available. Yeah. And just like he said, is if, if a guy is showing interest in you and you shut down, then the good ones are going to, like, all yeah. you're doing is filtering in the bad ones, right? When you yeah. get those girls that are like, I only attract bad men. I don't understand. And what you're doing is oftentimes a good man, when he sees you have a wall up, is going to respect that and mm-hmm. go, clearly she's not interested and back off. Yeah. It's the men that don't respect you that are going to push those boundaries. It's the yeah. men that that aren't uh, that right away care more about themselves than they do about respecting you that are mm-hmm. going to push those boundaries. So when you put up walls, you're really only filtering in um, people that don't respect yeah. you. And so when you're at a party or you're at church or you're at a, a gathering or whatever it is, and as women we have our phones up, we're mm-hmm. kind of or we're with our girls. We that's, that's a big one yeah. is we surround ourselves with all of our girls, you know. And yeah. Oh my god, and your mom goes hard on me for that. Yeah, and my yeah. parents would get on me about that too. It's just when you close yourself off and you blockade yourself, yeah. then what you're doing is you're permitting only men who don't respect you to break that blockade yeah. and go, hey, look at me. Yeah. And then women are going. I don't understand why I only attract negative men. It's because you're not making yourself available yeah. to the good ones who mm-hmm. will respect you. And so like I really like that Randy said yeah, that, that is really when good. you're when you're a guy showing interest in a girl and that girl makes it difficult, it really just it causes just such a like a frustration yeah. and um, it causes you to in a respect a respectful way a lot of good men and Correct me if I'm wrong, Ramsey. <laughs> a lot of good men will recognize that and go, "Okay, clearly she's not interested yeah, and take a step back." There's a phrase the good men do we pursue, but we don't chase. Yes. Mm, that's good. I never read that. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Write true. that down. Make Can a shirt. Bar? Yeah. <laughs> Dropping fire bars. Yeah. yeah. So all that to say, ladies, if you want to make yourself available to a good guy, eye contact. Yeah. Make yourself available. I understand wanting a guy to come to you and say hello. I get that because you want to feel like you're yeah. being pursued and you want to feel like you're being picked out of a crowd. But if you're not actually putting yourself in a position to make yourself available, you're not really going to filter in the good guys. Yeah. So that's that would be my advice to women: is just make yourself available, make yeah. yourself look friendly. Yeah, <laughs> at the very at the very least, look friendly. Look yeah. friendly. And smile. I have to, yeah, like I have to work on that. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I have a friend. Uh, yes, he always messes with me because she's like, "You're so good at flirting with guys that you have no interest in." <laughs> seriously, you guys, I literally am like standing next to her, and like even at our workplace, like seriously, I would go just you know on our break, just go talk to her, and she's like working, <laughs> you know, um, and then. This this guy just approaches and like good looking guy and she's just like flirting away and I'm like dude you're so good at flirting you are because you're so witty yeah she's so witty and I, I like I'm even laughing like I'm even like blushing you know like okay should I walk away and then I'm like so you think he's cute and she goes no I don't like him <laughs> trying to sell this diamond yeah girl. and then and then the guy that like you <laughs> 
It's like a train wreck, you guys. Like, I've seen train wrecks. And then it's for a guy that she likes, and this guy doesn't even know. <laughs> I'm terrible. Ducking behind the couch. Yeah. Like, but it's, it's just hilarious because yeah. she's like, like, forgets her name, like, forgets what to order. I can't like, think. She can't, I can't think, think straight. And I'm like, so can't give directions, how? nothing. It makes no sense, yeah. But go ahead. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> but but going back to the servanthood, like serving and everything, yeah. making yourself available, I think that's true. You know what, um, Ramsey, you just made me think of something like you know, making yourself available, like when you're when you're in that dating process. Mm -hmm. uh, a good way of serving is like to know what they need and like filling in that gap. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. you know, a real gentleman, like hey, I'm at you know, I can't go out. My tires are not working or whatever it may be. A real gentleman would be like, you know what. I'm going to help serve you. Yeah. I'm going to go take care of it for you. Or uh, I know you're not having a good day. I went to your workplace and dropped off a, a coffee. Yeah, that's so sweet. Or some flowers. Like, I know my husband used to do that all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and the girls at work would be like, your boyfriend's in the back. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's at work. And um, they're like, no, he's in your office right now. And then I go in my office and he has like a no oh. and like flowers and like my favorite coffee and a gift card to like go eat lunch. And I'm like, that's so sweet. That is so sweet. Because yeah, he knew I was having a really bad day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I actually put it, put this in my, you know how Instagram has notes now? Yeah. yeah. I put, I put consideration is a high form of love. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That is. Consideration is a high form of love. And that was like a very big consideration for you. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And, and if you think about it, it's like. Make yourself available, pushing yourself out. He he was supposed to be at work at that time. Yeah. Maybe he was like five minutes late. Who we knows? No questions. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask until. Well, that brings me to the one of the other points that he made, which was um, pay attention to the needs when God puts them in your path. So that is, those are definitely some yeah. good examples. Like, do you want to expand on that or? Yeah, you know, um, when Pastor Abraham was talking about it, I totally can see it because Pastor Abraham. I mean, I see it day to day with his like any time like. His wife posted, you know, she, he's taking care of the kids, like helps with their homework. Like oh I, gosh, I've yeah. seen it. I've witnessed it too, you know, and um, the way that he takes care of his whole family. But not only that, like he's he's here in the in the church, right? And there's a problem going on, you guys. No one says anything to him about it, but he's observing and he's listening and he already fixed the problem for them and he comes and just takes care of it. Mm -hmm. it's mind-blowing how he does that but you know why because and my husband says this a lot you know what I learned a lot from Abraham is that he's very um observant and he's a, a good listener like he knows where to fill in the gap mm -hmm. and I think that's really amazing because at least my husband I mean we've said this before and he says this himself um that he didn't have it all together at first mm -hmm. right he needed reminders Do any of us <laughs> Um, and, and he truly says, like, that's why he had Abraham as his mentor, because he needed to glean off of him. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and he needed that. And I, I really love, love that Pastor Abraham talked about that, because it's true. We need to step outside of our zone and really pay attention and observe, not only within our community, like, like uh, I don't know if we could talk about it, right, the campaign, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> with people running for council that want to make a change, you know, <laughs> or um, just filling in that gap in our community, in our church, yeah. with a friend, um, you know, maybe your friend's having a hard time, maybe making that extra effort of, like, let me check in on them a little bit more, let's go shopping, your friend needs, needs a friend at this time, like, doing some things like that. Um, with a dating part, like potential person, yeah. just making yourself a paying attention, like observing, like, you know what, this girl, she really loves her drink and this is her favorite drink from this favorite place. I'm going to show up to church and I'm just going to 
bless her with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, just absolutely. imagine how, like, wow, you know what I like? Like, mm-hmm. you pay attention? Like, that's amazing. Yeah. So I think that just, that just makes wonders. And honestly, if you do that, even as a Christian and as a believer to other people, to other believers and to non-believers, you will show them that true agape love. Because we yes. actually were talking about that in class today, how agape love is uh, God's love for humankind, but it's also us reciprocating that same love to God. Mm. By how? Loving thy neighbor, like um, you're, you love yourself, and making sure you you really treat humans yeah. the way that they need to be treated. So I think that goes again with servanthood, but in all areas. Yeah, it's really hard because again, you said so many things that just trigger so many, right? So many different little. <laughs> Sorry, I was just but, talking. No, it's so good. good. It was so <laughs> like because there's so many different trails that I want to go down, but I'm keeping focus on this. Okay, so. Um, seeing the need, sorry, let me, I want to read the phrasing again. So pay attention to the needs when God puts them in your path. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree with that. And I love the examples that you gave. And I think <clears throat> being able to see that, like, again, as in the dating realm or anything like that, like one, let's talk about like developing ourselves as a single person, right? Like, so I know for me, again, being like super rigid, like in my own routines and stuff, like, um, as you guys, I think I've shared it before. Like, so I have a roommate and she and I are like super close. We went through like a little season where we were sharing like a bathroom and um, me, I'm like very with my space. I'm like, I need my space. And so is she in different ways. And so I remember once like I was in the shower and I had left something in a specific spot. And me, like, if I leave it there, I need to find it there, okay? And so, <laughs> and so, and so I remember I was in the shower and I was just there, like, contemplating my life. And I see this thing and I'm like, God, like, I'm so upset. And then the Lord, um, you know, so gracious, he's such a great buffer in relationships. He was like, Melissa, he's like, the fact that there's things that are different, he's like, that means there's proof of life in your home. Oh. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> and in that moment, like, I just started rejoicing because I just, I had, you know, it was first, it was she and I and Shekinah that used to live together. And then it was just me where I lived by myself for a year. And even though I loved my solitude and I loved being by myself, um, there's nothing like, um, you know, when I was like studying or whatever, like she would be like, Hey, Melissa, like I made extra food if you want some. And right now that I just had the surgery, like she was, she would like before she, cause she's been like studying for a license that she's getting. And so before she would leave the morning, she'd be like, Hey, like, do you want me to go get you coffee? And so, um, I, in order for me to be able to get that, like where we have that friendship with one another, we had to fight through like the little weird incident. like the lord really is literally preparing fight. ourselves yeah we literally fight cuz and i feel so bad cuz if you guys know me like she's a chihuahua you guys, uh, and like if you guys know the person i'm talking about she's like she but now like now she's standing up to me and i don't like yeah. it but anyway what i'm saying is like as single as single people like you know, we, we have to learn to just be fluid and at mm-hmm. this, and, and that's really tough. Honestly, it's tough because that requires vulnerability. And I'm not talking to you guys out of a place of victory in this area because, uh, one, I don't like to be a burden to people. So if you offer me something, I'm more than likely going to say no. But so learning how to receive from people and to give, like, to offer, not everybody's going to say yes. Like, you know, um, you know, as Jesse was talking about how, um, that Andre, like, he would just show up and do it, right? I'm sure maybe if he would have called her and be like, hey, like, do you want me to bring coffee? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. But she would be like, oh, no, like, I don't want to. You have to go to work. Yeah, don't like, be late. Yeah, don't do it. And so then Andre would have probably been like, oh, well, like, I'm trying to do this thing for her, and she's telling me no. So it's really tough. Like, at some point, one of you guys is going to have to be the one to accept. 
And when you accept from somebody, then your walls become, start coming down. And like, I think because, you know, social media age as Ramsey presented that question to us, like, uh, I don't know if it was last episode or a few episodes ago where it's like, do we feel like social media has influenced relationships or whatever? It's like, you know, we want to go from zero to 100 where we want people to be vulnerable and we want people to be this like with everything, but it's like, okay, but they were vulnerable in this little area and you completely mm-hmm. shut them down. And so, um, you know, it's these little steps that you have to take in order for people to start opening up. Yeah. And so it, it goes back to allowing people to influence your life and infiltrate your life, right? So, yeah. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people, you're reminding me, a lot of people at the, the very early stages kind of feel like they're like a burden, like if yeah. people go out of their way to do things um, and then sometimes when people are too nice, you're just like, what are their intentions? Exactly, like, I don't know. Because yeah. it's not normal. It's not. <laughs> like, I mean, society doesn't make it normal, right? It's just like you take care of yourself. Like, no one's going to do you better than you. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because us as believers, we're supposed to be doing so much more exactly. for the other believer and for, for non-believers. So um, I know that in the Christian world, it can sound easier. But when you're not a Christian, you're not a believer, it, it's a little different. But I will say one of the best advice that my mom has given me um, for my marriage is when um, at the very beginning, even during date during dating, she would always tell me because I'm like, oh, Andres wants to do this or he wants to take me out here. I just don't know. I don't. I kind of feel bad. Like yeah. I know he has other things going on. And she's like, nunca di- le digas que no. Si él nace, déjalo. Mm. Porque ya cuando te cases <laughs> y, y, um, y anden juntos, ya se va a acostumbrar porque siempre le dices que no. Mm. Which means... Um, Thank you. Never, yes. <laughs> never say no, because once you, um, because if it's in their heart, just let them do it for yeah. you. Because once you are married, you're going to get so accustomed, he's going to be so accustomed to you saying no, you're going to say, why isn't he making that extra effort? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he doesn't love me. He's not intentional, but why? It's because I stopped it. Yeah. So she's like, don't ever catch me saying, hearing you say no to him being intentional with you. That's really Like good. you're going to really good. regret that. So that's, that's really something good. that anytime like I'm on my phone with my mom, like she sees, like she always tells me like, he's great. He cleans, like he helps you out. Like wh- what other husband will you find like that? Yeah. So make sure you're intentional. I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll get ready and go out, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I get. Yeah. That's, that's definitely one of the hardest lessons that I've learned recently where it's just like, okay, because of my own pride, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's. Well, yeah. And I think one of the most humbling things in regards to that, it's the same thing. Like, you know, somebody comes and serves you and you're like, oh, it's fine yeah yeah and the first time i ever heard this it stuck with me and it still sticks me this day is don't rob me of a blessing Mm, like how dare you yeah you know and like i know it's a super common thing but the very first time i heard that i was just like (laughs) (laughs) like, you're you're killing my spirit like like, so you're doing this for a blessing (laughs) yeah exactly i was like you're using me don't rob me of a blessing but it's true (laughs) yeah no it is it really is true i think it's it's such a humbling experience to serve somebody Um, And you really do. You feel blessed through it. And again, we're not trying to encourage, you know, building pride. Right. But at the same time, there is like when you like when you struggle with depression, uh, uh, most therapists will tell you, go out and serve somebody. You know, like go get out of your room and go serve somebody. Go do the dishes for your parents. Go do something for somebody. There's a blessing in that. Yeah. Yeah. There's blessing in that. And so I think it's uh, don't rob somebody of that experience. If they want to bless you, let them. Yeah. And one thing, just we're going to move on to the third yeah. point because we're already 40 <laughs> yeah, minutes sorry. deep. Um, one thing that Pastor Linda always tells me is like, you can't make, you can't answer for somebody else. Yeah. Because I think we get up in our heads and we're like, oh, but with this and this and that, like, what if they say this? And we we think we come up with the question, with the answer that they're going to say. Yeah. And so she's like, you can't do that. Yeah. 
you can't do that. And I'm just like, but why not? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know this. Jumping to conclusions. Yeah, <laughs> jumping to conclusions. That's exactly what it is. And I'm like, but I already know the whole situation. Like, I already know what's going to happen. Like, I'm intuitive. <laughs> and she was like, stop. <laughs> stop. And I'm like, okay. Thanks for not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, Belen. Don't sock me. Um, I can't run fast. Don't beat me. <laughs> um, okay, so the next point that I would like to talk about, and I'm actually, well, what is it? Let me find it. Um, do your best with what you have. Go ahead, Shaquina. That one's actually really simple. What do you have? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I always go back to that scripture is um, with, with uh, when God is talking to Moses. Uh, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Every time, every time people tell me I can't do it because I don't have this equipment. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have the other thing. And I'm just like, what's in your hand? Yeah. You know, and the Lord literally told Moses, throw down the stick on your, on the ground and I'll use that. I'll yeah. use what you have. And um, I, I use that example all the time. My brother, even um, my brother Samuel, he lives in Japan. Mm-hmm. He's called to be in, um, on the camera. And so he finally was feeling that call. And this was a few years ago to put himself on camera. And he was like, yeah, but I'm saving up for all this equipment. And I was like, dude, what's in your hands? Because we were mm. talking FaceTime. What's in your hand? And he, I was like, just start there. You That's know, it's, it's start with what you have. Because if you're waiting for it to be perfect – you're going to, you're just setting yourself up for failure. You're not going to know. Yeah. How, it, it's about building. It's about growing and allowing people to grow and build with you. Yeah, that's good. I think some of the best ministries I've ever seen have started out, you know, meeting in parks. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, it's true. You I know? mean, Steve Jobs, even though he was who he was, like it was a he garage. started in a garage. Yeah. yeah. And if you're waiting for it to be perfect, then you're just, you're making excuses. Yes. Really is what it is. And so use what you have, use what you, you have available to you. And in, in that respect of serving, yeah. Just make it like we just talked about. Make yourself available here at yeah. the church. We have an entire church of servants. Yeah, and um, you know when you see you people could be one up, too. Yeah. You could be one too. It's even that that you know Call the stack up the chairs, man. Like yeah. <laughs> even not, though we don't need them, but yeah. not right now. But exactly, it's not just a display of strength. It's also a display of servanthood. You yeah, know and I like mean? if all you can give is your time to show up and help for like right. a few hours, like. Because that is what you have, the Lord will multiply. That honestly, that has been my life story with all of this. Like, yeah. it's you know, when I first came to the church, like I was, I was struggling financially. I was doing these things, and I remember there was one time that I had gotten so sick, like extremely sick, and um, people in the church knew it, and all these things. I was, you know, I was still doing whatever I needed to do or whatever, and then everybody rallied behind me, and they were like blessing me to be able to go to like Doctor M marriage and like providing all these things, and that's because like. I had built these relationships with yeah. people, right? And like the servanthood and all these things. But it, but it was just in them. Like it, it could have been me. It could have been you. It could have been anybody. Like it was just in them to bring in that, that blessing. I don't know why I said that, but it makes sense in my head. Um, Ramsey, I know that you are a poster child for this. Like ever since we started with the podcast and all that, you're like, dude, like I had to start. I just started like from the bottom up. Yeah. So tell us. Talk to <laughs> us about this. Um, you're speaking about my pod. Um, t- or, so the question. Yeah, so, tell me the question again. Yes. Uh, <laughs> one of the points that Pastor Abraham gave about servanthood was um, do your best with what you have in regards to serving. Oh, yeah. Working with what you got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that could be with anything, not, ju- not just material, um, with your own, like, your well-being, like your own personality, mm-hmm. your, your costumes, even, like yeah. everything. That's not material. But also, obviously, it could be materialistic, too, obviously. Yeah. Um, working with what you got, 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, but, well, like, think about it. For guys, like, just being funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. they might not have a looks and everything, but they're hilarious, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah. They're working with what they got. Yeah. yeah. That's a perfect example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, me, I, I'm very humorous, so I try to use that, you know. I have a lot of cheesy jokes. Do you? Yeah. Dad jokes? Mm, kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you so call I'll, them that? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'll try to do that, you know. Uh, if, you know, try to, like, every guy has a different way of speaking, like, spitting their game. Yeah. You know? And I don't know if I'm answering this very well. <laughs> I'm like, I, I've, I've said this on my own pod, I have no game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have no game. I'm sorry. Which is crazy because your wife is stunning. She's yes. so pretty. Yeah. She's thank so you. Thank you. Yes. But I, I sometimes I, I wonder like, what was it? <laughs> what did, you what did I do? <laughs> do, I, do I still have it? <laughs> you gotta let me know if I lose it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's a beautiful place to be at, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've accepted it. You know, I live with it. You know. Yeah. But um, um, if you want to speak materialistic in a way, yeah, work what you got. A guy maybe, okay, maybe taking out a girl on a date, but you have a broke down car yeah. or whatever. Like, work what you got. Take her out anyway. Because yeah. I think a, a female will appreciate the experience more yeah. rather than, oh, he has a nice car yeah. or whatever. Like, if you could still, t mad props, if, if you're, you're a guy out there and you may not have the coolest car, but you're still able to... Um, provide that cool, fun experience yeah. on the date. Mm -hmm. Shout out to you yes. because you're working with what you got right there. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, and um, and if she's the one for you, there you go. You know, yeah, yeah. that's true. It started from the bottom. Now we're here, right? There you go. <laughs> so, would you guys agree that sometimes I think um, the not all the time. This is not a perfect science, but I think I've seen like. Okay, how can I word this without throwing shade? So, <laughs> <laughs> throw the shade, boo. <laughs> they probably don't even listen to it. But I, I feel like sometimes, uh, you know, using the example that Ramsey gave, sometimes the guys that look on the outward like they have it all together actually end up being some of the, some of the most insecure men. And then on the, the ones that don't have it all together and the ones that are willing to admit that they don't have it together, but are still doing their best to keep it together and to do better. I feel like that is the quality in guys, right? And so uh, that's one of the most humbling things that I've learned in mm -hmm. since I turned 30, which was, you know, because, and I still do, don't get me wrong, like, uh, I'm learning, but it's like I focus a lot on outward appearance on as far as like, oh, this person has this and this going for them. Yeah. So they must be this Their and resume this. resume looks really yeah. good. <laughs> it looks really, and they're like, you know, they speak the, yeah. they speak the Christianese and all these things. And now as I'm getting older, I'm like, yo, like, I I can't stand like that, like the facade, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's yeah. not everybody. And it's uh, like I had heard this um, this reel where it's like this guy, he's in the gym. And you know how, you know, like there's like that um, that cliche that if a guy's in the gym is because he recently got his heart broken, especially because like the, <laughs> like the hoodie and the headphones, you he's know. He's just locked in. Yeah, just locked yeah. in. He just went through a tough heartache. So it was a guy who was like exercising. And he was like, um, when you meet a girl and all of a sudden, like, you open up to her and she just, like, walks away from you and blah, blah, blah. And so then somebody commented on that, like, made a commentary on it. And they were like, yo, it's because, like, she was attracted to the men, to the man that you were. But then because you haven't healed your inner boy, you became clingy on her. And so the man that she thought that you were ended up being a simp. 
And so, um, you know, women, like, we want a man to be, like, tender, but not soft. Like, yeah. I can't deal with yeah. a sissy man. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, the whole it's, it's feminine you, you side just, thing. Yeah. I'm like, men aren't supposed to be feminine. That's why it's called feminine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to be prettier yeah, than me. Like, Girls. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. What, what was that that you said? Like, uh, uh, a guy with has everything all together, then the other guy was, like, um, admitting that yeah, he doesn't have it all together. Doesn't. It's funny you say that because... I was, I kept it real with my wife since day one. Like mm -hmm. I told her like my, my, uh, my imperfections since day one. Like, hey, yo, uh, I have this and I have a problem with this. And I have a tough time getting over it with this. Mm -hmm. Since day one, I told her. And um, that's probably why maybe she, maybe. she digged yeah, me. I don't honest. know. <laughs> yeah, no, you were honest. Yeah, that's it's like, huge. Yeah. That's huge. And you took response. The thing is, we weren't just honest you took responsibility for self. And that's yeah. such a huge sign of maturity is that men don't take responsibility. for Because I've known men who are completely honest men, but they're still not taking responsibility yeah. for self. So it's like, oh, I have these struggles, but it's this person or this situation's right. fault. Mm, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes there's a there's like a, a, a fantasy mindset where um, in, the, in the dating, um, it's all lovey-dovey. Yeah. But... It's actually reverse. It sh it should it should be my opinion. You know, yeah. uh, it should be reversed. Like um, the dating phase, sh the tough questions should be asked. Uh huh. And then once like you know things get serious, you know you're engaged or whatever or married, that part should be the lovey dovey part. Yeah, I agree. You know because you already got over the hump of the tough questions and the tough conversations. And tough I agree. Tries. There was this um this one time where um I was. I had a friend, whether out of the body or in the body, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but the, I was having a conversation with one of my friends and it was in regard to something. And she was like, you know, it sounds like it, it's like there's a lot of rockiness there. And I was like, you know, I think I would rather have the rocky at the beginning than like the mm -hmm. lovey-dovey, like ethereal stuff, because then it's just like um, at some point, right? Like you're like at some point there's going to come where the like, what is it? The rug is pulled from under you yeah. and so it's like I'd rather know but I love how we're talking about like the honesty and stuff because I think as a female I become less trusting when I know that there's a situation but you're not allowing me in the situation yes. like that to me sucks and I know I can be that same way too because I'm like I'm, I'm not gonna allow you in my situation so it's such but a I want to be in yours yeah. <laughs> I want, I'm trying to it's get a two -way in street there. for sure yeah it's for a two-way sure. street like us girls like we're so freaking weird <laughs> We just we we need a lot of help. We Show really do. Show me attention, but not too much. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's, uh, I love the way I love the way that you said that because really, it really is honesty. And of course, not like like I remember I was talking to Pelin and I was like, because she's like, you need to, um, you know, just in general, right? You need to learn to be more vulnerable and blah blah blah. And to me, vulnerability meant opening up. <laughs> and this is why I was having such a hard time with it because to me, vulnerability meant like. Uh, you know, they have that phrase, like, trauma dumping. And so I'm like, but I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to yeah. get, I'm, like, that's not the kind of attention yeah. that I or want. Or venting. Or venting. And she's like, no, that's not what I mean. She's like, vulnerability starts with how we were talking about earlier, where it's like making yourself available to yeah. begin with. And if you can dress up with a little, then just you can open up a little bit more, you know? Arms open. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm here. Just arms open. But the, with the honesty, where with it's like, honesty, hey, yeah. like, you know what? Like, this is where I'm at right now. And... 
um, if you want to work with that, like that's cool. And if not, then that's then totally I, okay. Yeah. Because like, if you can't handle me now, imagine yeah. when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of me yeah. when you're married. Yeah. You know, yeah. everyone has their moments. Everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and like surprises may come up. You know, mm -hmm. or yeah. certain colors that you were hiding are gonna mm -hmm. are gonna come out eventually. Mm -hmm. I'm also For aware sure. of that. Also <laughs> <laughs> aware. Yeah. Of that. Okay, so next point, I think this was the fourth point, was do every task, <laughs> do every task with equal dedication. And so the, to give a little bit of context, Pastor Abraham said, do everything as unto the Lord. Yeah. So, Yessi, what would you like to say about this? <laughs> I would say definitely be um, purposeful in what you say yes to. Mm -hmm. Because if oh, you say yes, yes to something, you want to make sure you give it your full 100%. Mm -hmm. um, and if you say yes to a bunch of things and then at the very end you're just like, oh, I didn't even do it. Um, what's the point of just saying yes, 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 I'm going to be helpful and, and not do it, right? Yeah. And um, when you're purposeful, again, um, it goes do all things to the Lord, right? Um, I believe that's in Corinthians to make sure that you're so purposeful in what you're doing because it's not necessarily for the person, but you're loving humankind. Again, you're showing agape love, mm. and that's how you reciprocate it. You're like showing God, God, I love you because I'm loving your people. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying yes, and I'm committing to it. And when when you can have that heart, you really are a servant. You really yeah, are serving in a really different good. capacity mm -hmm. compared to just saying yes, 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 and they're empty promises. Mm. That is that's really good. Yeah. Being intentional. Yeah. Being intentional with your yes. Yeah, for sure. Because you can easily say yes, yes, yes to a lot of things. But sometimes you might say yes once a month to one thing mm -hmm. and you gave it your all. And yeah. that is what's going to make an impact compared to you saying, I'm going to have, I like, I, they're going to judge me if I don't say yes to everything. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard because we live in a play, in a world, uh, and especially like if you're serving in the, in the community, in the church, and you're starting a family and everything, or you're dating and you're starting a career and you're going to school at the same time, your hands are full. Yeah. Um, so that's why when you say yes to that one thing that you can can, you can do just excel at it at, at yeah. full capacity. That's really good. That yeah, is really good. When you say yes to one thing, you're also unknowingly saying no to something. Yeah, yeah yes. that's what Denise was saying last yeah, time, right? That's yeah. True. yeah, yeah, that's really good. I'm saying. Oh no, I think she she blogged about that. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, that's really good because that really ends up shaping you. I, I, that's definitely one of the mistakes that I did. When, I don't, I don't even think it was mistakes. It's a learning experience. It was, yeah, it was a learning experience because honestly, I was really blessed in that during that season. Um, but I started noticing that once I started saying no, like it messed with my whole identity. Like mm -hmm. it literally messed with my whole identity where I was like, oh my God, like, am I going to get rejected? And, and like, like, I think what a lot of people are learning is that it's okay for things to change, right? Mm -hmm. Because if um, if saying if saying no alters friendships, it's okay. It, it, wasn't, really a, it wasn't a it friendship, it, or maybe it was a friendship for that season. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or, you know what I mean? Like, and I think we get so cutthroat. Like, I remember some uh, a lady just recently asked me. She's like, "Hey, like." You know, the deeper that you got with the Lord, like, did it change your friendships? And I was like, uh, you know, now it doesn't. Because I think in Christianity, like, we tend to be like, oh, cut everybody off. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, and one of the hardest lessons that I've had, to, as I've shared before, it's like, you know, a lot of the friends that ended up coming into the church, a lot of you guys ended up getting married, dating, and all these things. And so uh, I went through a season where I was like, Lord, like, what like, what are you doing? Like, all, the, all of my um, close friends, like, 
my my relationship is shifting with them. And so there, were, there came a point where it was just like me, myself, and I. And I had to learn to not get angry. I had to learn to not get bitter. And I had to learn to um, celebrate my friends, right? Because, and I had to pay attention to what God was doing for me in, in my life in those moments. And so, um, you know, saying yes or saying no, if people begin to say no to you even, like, you, that's when you, the moment that you feel like a prick in your heart is the moment that you really have to turn to the Lord and just be mm-hmm. like, okay, like, what's going on here? Why am I feeling like this? Like, and I think a lot of us, which I think we're going to touch on when we review Pastor Adriana's interview, is a lot of us do a lot of things because out of a place of hurt, like, because we have, you know, daddy issues, mommy issues, we have fear of abandonment, we have fear of rejection. And so we put ourselves in these situations where we overcompensate for ourselves. And so I know, Yes, see, she's excellent, uh, uh, and that's why I wanted her to answer this question. I mean, she kind of has great examples too, but um, with Yesi, I've been able to see it a little bit more closely where she's uh, she's very selective with the things that she says yes to, but the when she says yes, like, she goes full force. Like, yeah. we used to have this, like, small-time business called Pop and Pals. <laughs> I'm sure there's an Instagram out there somewhere. It is. It's still there. And <clears throat> I remember uh, for my own goddaughter, okay, Denise hit me up, and she's like, hey, can you guys do balloons? And I was like, yes. So I hate working with balloons. I hate it. Um, but she's so good at it. But no, <laughs> she's great at it. Don't throw, don't throw that on me, girlfriend. You're great. Um, and so we did what, what Denise asked us to do. And so then, yes, he was still like lingering. And she was like, okay, what else can we do? Like, I made an octopus. She made an octopus. She was doing so many things. And I was like, yes, he, like, we did what we came she to gave do. Me the eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pop and Pals definitely taught me when we when we were doing that though, it really did teach me that it wasn't just about doing the bare minimum. It really is about going the above and beyond. And the moment that you're selective with your yes, and by selective I don't mean rigid, it means like having the right um discernment, right? It's like, okay, like this I should definitely do or not, whatever. Um, it taught me like when you give your yes in the right place, then you definitely have the ability to go above and beyond. So thank you for teaching me that. Oh, thank you for telling <laughs> so me. Humbled. Thank you so much. Because yeah. I always get the eye, and I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to look at her. I'm not going to look at her side. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> that look. Caitlin is terrified of that look. I know it for sure. <laughs> okay, so the last point that Pastor Abraham made was be faithful to the ministry. And so what he talked about in regards to that was um, you have to be intentional with the physical and emotional connection with your spouse. Um, again, bringing it back to like my singleness, I remember when the three of us lived together, there was times where I would show up and I was like in a ranging mood. Like I was in one of my moods. <laughs> I, you guys, this is the glory of the Lord. Okay. <laughs> it really is. Cause I, the fact that we're doing a podcast together and that we're still friends. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's, we've been through a lot. Together. We've been through a lot. And so I remember I would just show up to, I would show up home just in a mood and, um, that, I remember as I, when I started showing up, like my, my roommates didn't know how to like navigate through my moods. Like they didn't know, like, do I, do we talk to her? Like, do we not talk to her? Do we offer her? Like, do we invite her? And they were so happy that I was home. And so then I was like, oh my gosh. So then it made me like, it made me, one, honestly, it made me think of like my childhood and all these things. It's like, okay, like I remember growing up in that kind of household and how terrifying that could have been, right? Where it was just like, okay, like you don't know what kind of response we're going to get. And so I was like, I don't want to be that kind of person. And so I'm so grateful for that opportunity because then I had to learn to 
I may have been feeling a certain type of way, but it wasn't my roommate's responsibility to make me change my mood. It was my responsibility to determine what kind of person I wanted to be as soon as I entered that house. And so I had to be faithful to the ministry because we were we had a ministry as roommates. Like we really did because we brought healing to ourselves. We brought healing to just so many different realms of relationships. And so I had to be faithful to connect with them and our like mind and our a spiritual connection, like mm-hmm. and physical and obviously not physical in the way that a woman has been in a wife, but like being Whoa. present, being, being present, present yeah. in the moment, right? And so we started having roommate meetings where we would pray every week mm-hmm. and um, where we would take the time to be like, okay, these are two compliments that I love about you, and we would speak life to one another, and then. Um, and then we would be like, okay, but this is one opportunity. And so it was never personal. It was always to build each other up. And from that moment, we started learning how we communicate with one another, right? And yeah. we started, I think that's when we had like a lot of different breakthrough, even within ourselves, because we started learning how to communicate, period. Like, and we yeah. started learning how to be in tune with what was going on within us. And we started being intentional about looking for two positive things to say about the other person. So when you're looking for things to highlight in a person, it gets really difficult to look at the negative things. And so as single people, it, you know, even when you're going to your workplace, it's like, okay, like, how can I be intentional with my coworker? How can I be intentional with my boss? And um, I'm like, if you expect positive results all the time, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. Um, but it is definitely a good a good thing to put in practice because I mean, in a marriage, like you're not always going to be reciprocated what you put out, right? I was going to say you guys literally sounded like you guys do marriage stuff. I mean, I, I'm sure it, it, it was a marriage it practice, was. yeah. yeah. It, because that was I know that we picked it from uh, a marriage class. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what we do every night, and we got that from the same teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, I think we were in the same class, right? <laughs> um, but we say every every single night the two positive things, and then we do our our weekly Bible study, and mm-hmm. then we we pray together, and yeah. I mean, that's amazing. I'm glad that you guys are able to practice that in your singleness. Yeah, well, relationships never happen by accident. Yeah. They may start, you know, with something so simple as, like, going down to a singles mixer together, you know? (laughs) Um, But it's never sustained like that. And so I love that Pastor Adriana and Pastor Abraham, like, they take the time to cultivate their marriage, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people don't do that, right? They, It's just like... You learn to live together, and then that's it. Or you learn, or you learn to be partners, like as far as like, um, as in partners, as in like companions, doing life together, doing life together, but not a team. And I think that that's what's difficult, especially uh, in my culture. Like, I rarely do I see married married couples that are a team. I just see them as like, oh my gosh, like just just so much fear in, in relationships and in marriages. And so to me, that's the idea that I had of that. And so coming to the church and seeing this idea of servanthood in a healthy way, yeah. it made me now just because I, um, it made me now desire marriage, to be quite honest. Because before, I, I'm not going to say it, but before I had this like stupid idea of marriage and I didn't even want to be married. I honestly wanted to be a single parent, which is really stupid. But because I didn't want to deal with the chaos that that brought, but now when I see it in a healthy way, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, that is such a beautiful image of Christ. Like, why would I not want that, you know? So be faithful to the ministry. Be faithful to what God is doing in your life. Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys would want to add? I'm going to start with Ramsey. I'm going to go around in a circle. Um, no, no, I'm good. You um, good? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I really don't have anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Do you good. approve of this message? I approve. 
Okay, I'm going to try to keep it short because I know we're, we're, we're at the end. Um, no, it, absolutely everything that we've been talking about is just so real. And um, one thing that Pastor Abraham did touch upon is, you know, that mentality, and we've talked about this a little bit before in previous podcasts, is that mentality of when I get married, it'll change, yeah. you know, and that's with anything, you know, whether it could be uh, an addiction, it could be um, it could be a bad habit, it could be um, whether you're somebody who, you know, oh, I don't cook a whole lot now, but when I get married, I'll suddenly have the desire to cook. That doesn't happen. You know, <laughs> you know, like just certain, you know, certain things like that. And so when he said that, it's it's coming from a man and coming from a man who I, I look up to so highly and who has, Pastor Abraham really has changed the lives of so many men yes. in this church, um, specifically in the area of lust. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's saved marriages. He's saved men coming out of uh, porn addictions, um, even cheating and that kind of um, heaviness, right? But um, a, a very common one is that a lot of men think that they'll stop watching pornography when they get married, and that's just not the case, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so that it was, it hit me really hard. And it's, I just really want it from being on the reciprocating end. That kind of thinking destroyed my marriage. Is that my husband had a lot of bad habits that I wasn't even aware of until after we got married, and they all came out. And when we started getting help. Um, he admitted, I just truly thought that it would just go away when we got married. And so that's something that I would really highly um, press into any single man, any single woman. If there are habits um, of any kind that you don't want to carry into your marriage, um, work on those now. Mm-hmm. Start establishing healthy habits and a healthier mindset now because you don't want to carry that into your marriage. Um, and that's uh, in regards to servanthood. We had to learn as roommates to Mm -hmm. serve each other and to communicate with one another um, as roommates on a roommate level. And that really did help us prepare for being in a deeper, more Mm -hmm. intimate relationship. Um, And so that's something that we can put into practice now. There are things that you can put into practice now Mm -hmm. that can really help propel you forward into a successful marriage. Yeah, absolutely. And prayer. Prayer works so much. I remember I used to be terrible with kids. Like, I I would carry kids and they would, like, cry. And... um, And then I remember I started praying, and I'm like, Lord, like, can you just help me with that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, because at first I would be like, I, I, and so because I was terrible with kids, I was like, oh, I don't like kids. You know, but then I was like, Lord, like, I know that that's not godly. Like, I need you to help me with this. And then I remember I would just, like, wait for that to happen. And then one day the Lord was like, excuse me, you're not going to get better with kids unless you're around kids. And I was like, oh, that's a good. Yeah. That's a, you're so wise. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're so smart. And so then I started being vulnerable and being more around kids, you know. And so why am I saying that? It's because if there is an area that you're lacking in, put yourself in that area. God is a helper. He's not a genie. He's not just going to deposit the gift right away. I was just yeah. thinking about something earlier today where it says, you know, you know, when, when somebody, like, looks at somebody and then they're like, oh, that person has what it takes. And it's like, we all have what it takes. We're just, we just don't all have what, sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. We all have what it takes. We're just not all willing to do what it takes. Mm -hmm. And so that's the difference. Like, because we all have it. Like I, for example, because there's this gift that the Lord has given me, right? Like, um, there's a specific thing. And I was like, Lord, like, um, there's been specific prayers that I've had for that and, and blah, blah, blah for like years. And then the Lord spoke to me earlier today. He's like, it wasn't that you're not able to do that. He's like, you just couldn't do it because you weren't ready to do it. 
And I knew that it was a character building thing and still is. And so that humbled me tremendously because, you know, for so long I thought that the gift would be enough. But he's like, no, like it's always been in you. He's like, I never doubted the gift inside of you. He's like, but if I let you run with the gift, then you would have destroyed everything that you mm -hmm. want to accomplish. And so that's what it is with, with women, right? Like it's like with women and with men, it's like you think like whether you're a natural born leader, you may have that gift, but if you don't know how to relate to people, then you don't have what it, like you don't, you just don't have, you can't do what it takes. Sorry, I'm still learning that phrasing because the Lord gave it to me, right? <laughs> That's good. Um, and so, you know, we, you have to put yourselves, like it, there's really no way around vulnerability in this whole game. Like mm -hmm. at some point you're going to have to learn to be vulnerable. And so start doing that now. Yeah. Like, um, Put, like if you're terrible with kids, like start being around kids. Like yeah. if you're terrible with cooking, like start taking cooking classes, like start burning things, you yeah. know, like that's the only way that you're going to learn. 100%. And so, um, or if you're terrible with relationships, okay, just, I ha there's this girl that comes to our church. She, she will tell you herself, like, she's like, I was always so awkward, but now she's made it a point, like every, every Sunday I'm going to go up to at least two people and I'm going to say hi and I'm going to have a conversation Aww. with them. And now she's like thriving and I'm yeah. just like, oh my gosh, like it's amazing. Right. And so that's, that's really what it is. It's putting yourself in a place where you can learn and where you can grow. Yeah. Um, Yassi, is there something that you would like to add? I think everyone said amazing things and um, quite a few um, phrases right there also. And I also think that um, Pastor Abraham uh, truly blessed us for being on the podcast. So I'm thankful that he was on. I agree. Absolutely. I'm so excited. I think with Pastor Abraham and like Andre and pretty much all the men so far that we've had, another big key is accountability. And I'm not going to dive into that because I know we're at the end of the podcast, but I just, I do, I do want to point that yeah. out is that accountability is so huge. Yeah. Going back to, you want to learn how to do something, put yourself out there, but also a huge help is get someone that can hold you accountable yeah. to that. Yeah. And you want to serve better. You want to be in a yeah. relationship and serve better. Be held accountable to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I agree 100%. All right, you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in. Denise, we miss you, girl. Um, we can't wait to have you back because um, you're amazing. Yes. We wanted you to go off, sis, but, you yeah. know, <laughs> now you're just off, sis. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was a mom joke. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm here all night. Um, Ramsey, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you're you. awesome. Thank you for having me. We're, we're just going to have you on the next one. <laughs> we're going to make this a double whammy today. Um, so, no, but really, um, we know that Valentine's Day was yesterday. We hope you had a great Valentine's Day. If you didn't, we hope you have a great Thursday. Um, we love you guys. We pray a blessing over you all, and that's it. See you next time. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons. Boom, boom, boom. Many sons.